When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's fifth podcast, The Solo Sessions. On today's show, I'm going to talk you guys through some Big Ten awards that Wisconsin basketball picked up. Then we'll briefly recap the Big Ten tournament. No reason to spend too much time on that because the page now turns to the big dance. Yes, March Madness is going to be up shortly. Wisconsin got a nice draw, three seed in Milwaukee, so we'll dive into that, kind of talk about the Midwest Regional. We'll have more of that on our show later in the week, but we'll give you guys kind of a brief rundown on their first round matchup with Colgate. And then to round out the episode, we've got some football news to talk about, some new position coaches, some big offers went out, and a new player added to the 2022 group. So plenty to talk about on today's show. To start, let's talk about some Big Ten awards that were handed out this past weekend. Of course, before the Big Ten tournament, the Big Ten announced their yearly awards. Of course, for Johnny Davis, a nice day for him picking up the overall player of the year in the conference, which was to be expected, but there was certainly some good competition with Jaden Ivey of Purdue, Keegan Murray of Iowa, but Wisconsin's own Johnny Davis did pick up that award, so nice to finish off his season at the top in terms of Big Ten players. In addition to being named the Big Ten Player of the Year, Davis was also named to the Big Ten First Team, along with Keegan Murray of Iowa, Kofi Coburn of Illinois, E.J. Liddell of Ohio State, Jaden Ivey of Purdue, Second team, Wisconsin also got some recognition and guard Brad Davison was part of that second team. And Chucky Hepburn was also named to the all-freshman team. So a nice few awards for the Wisconsin basketball players in that regard. Additionally, head coach Greg Gard also picked up some hardware as he was named the Big Ten Coach of the Year. Really, again, not a surprise. Greg Gard, Wisconsin picked relatively 8, 9, 10 to finish in the conference, ended up clinching a share of the Big Ten title, so certainly well-deserving for him. But two Big Ten Coach of the Year awards in the last three seasons, Greg Gard certainly deserves a tip of the cap for his season as well. A tremendous turnaround, really bought into this group. We had all the turmoil last year. A lot of people pointed the finger to Greg Gard and his leadership abilities, but clearly I think that last year was an outlier compared to what he's done on the court, and all the uh, fire guard uh, screams can hold off for another few seasons because it doesn't look like he's going to be going anywhere anytime soon with the way he's got this program clicking right now. 
Beyond the awards, though, the Big Ten tournament did kick off, and unfortunately for Wisconsin, was a short-lived appearance down in Indianapolis as they ended up meeting with seventh-seeded Michigan State. And really for Wisconsin, not a great game for them in any way, shape, or form in that Big Ten tournament. Really, their first half was one of the worst halves they've ever played. Battled back in the second half, but wasn't enough to finish this game off and, uh, and knock off Michigan State. However, when you look at it, I think this is one of the worst games that this team has played, and they only ended up losing by six points. So you can take as much as you want from it. You can sit on that Big Ten tournament game and really fester. But at the end of the day, a six-point loss to Michigan State isn't the end of the world. I think there's a lot to take away from this game, which we can get into now. But really, I don't want to spend too much time on the Big Ten tournament because that's over and done with, and Wisconsin certainly can flush the regular season finish and Big Ten tournament down the drain and get ready for March. But in terms of key takeaways from that Michigan State contest, I think you first have to look to the free throw percentage. Wisconsin did not shoot very well from the charity stripe, knocking down just 12 of their 21 free throws. That's a 57% clip. Of course, Wisconsin shoots much better than that throughout the course of the regular season, but did not shoot well in that Indianapolis contest. Didn't shoot the ball well overall. When you look at even the three-point percentage, was pretty ugly in that contest as well. But if you're looking at that game, you make your free throws, you probably come away in that game victorious or coming right down the wire in a one-possession game. So Wisconsin can hopefully turn that thing around. They've got a few days now to get their legs under him and hopefully get ready for this contest against Colgate and come out knocking down threes, knocking down uh, free throws because you can't leave those points on the line. And Wisconsin, over the course of the season, been pretty good from the free throw line but was not great in that contest. However, I think the other and probably bigger takeaway is the play of Johnny Davis. You come into this game, of course, injured ankle in the previous Nebraska game. I'm not really sure how much it affected his play on Friday night, but it did seem that he was, I guess I'll say, battling through it and in kind of heading off the court um, for halftime. He looked like he was not limping, but kind of not, just not moving the way that we've seen him move throughout the season. And I know he wouldn't want to use that as an excuse during the game, and surely he would want to be out there, but it just seemed like he wasn't himself. Now, kudos to Michigan State. I talked about it in the last episode. They always come out and ready to play in March. I do think that they had a really good game plan set up with Johnny, Johnny Davis getting a lot of double teams. Whatever was going on, you could just tell he did not feel like himself. He was 3 from 19 from the floor, missed all, three, all five of his three-pointers, and turned the ball over a couple times. So, he looked like on the offensive end, he was kind of forcing it, trying to get himself going to help get the team going, um, and just wasn't really there. I mean, he played defense, he rebounded, but the scoring, it was clear that Michigan State had a good game plan, that ankle might have been bothering him a little bit, but overall, he just didn't look like he had his best game, and, and it seemed like that health portion of it was a big aspect of that. So really, in the grand scheme of things, is this loss that bad of a loss? No, not really. Wisconsin was probably a three seed going into that game, solidified themselves as a three seed bowing out early in the Big Ten tournament. And now I think when you look at it, yeah, I, I know the Big Ten tournament is a big deal to a lot of people, and rightfully so, but you look at the situation for the Badgers, to lose that first game and now have a week off in, in preparation for March, really it's not that tough of a blow to drop a game like that. Wisconsin will now have plenty of time to get ready for their first round matchup. And when you look at the health of Johnny Davis, it was clear that I don't know if he was 100%. I couldn't tell you what where he was at in terms of percentage-wise, but he wasn't fully ready to go. Now he's got a week where he can get rested up. This team can get ready and get ready to make a run late into March. So yes, it was an early exit by Wisconsin standards. I think everyone would have wanted to see them play more games, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to 
fall out of these tur- tournaments early. You know, look at some teams playing late into Sunday. Some have to turn around and play right away again on Thursday after playing three, four games back-to-back. So I think Wisconsin getting rested up, getting ready to head to Milwaukee in this 3-14 game against Colgate is certainly a good spot to be in. So don't want to spend too much time festering on the Big Ten tournament. Kudos to Iowa for going down there and win that game or win that whole thing. But really doesn't matter come March Madness time. Sure, everyone... You look at the one-bid leagues, it's great for that. They punch a tournament to make the NCAA tournament, but Wisconsin was already in a good spot, likely not going to affect their seeding too much, so now they've got a chance to get healthy and get ready to take on Colgate in the Fizzer Forum on Friday evening. With that, let's go ahead and take a look at the Midwest Regional now. So the Badgers, of course, the three-seed in that regional to take on the 14th-seeded Colgate Raiders on March 18th. That tip time is going to be 8.50 in Milwaukee. So a late tip for those of you that maybe are heading to Fizzer Forum to check out those games, but should be a fun contest with the Colgate Raiders in the first round. The top seed in the Midwest Regional is, of course, the Kansas Jayhawks. They'll take on the winner of the 16-seed play-in game. After that, you've got the Auburn Tigers as a two-seed, Wisconsin in the three. Then beyond that, Providence, a very interesting team as the four-seed. And then Iowa in that Midwest Regional as the five-seed as well. After that comes the six-seed LSU Tigers, which is important for Badger fans to note because Wisconsin, if they do survive in that first-round game against Colgate, they would take on the winner of that 6-11 matchup between LSU and Iowa State. So a very intriguing second-round matchup if the Badgers do get there. Rounding out the regional, you've got the 7-10 matchup between USC and Miami and the 8-9 matchup between San Diego State and Creighton. Honing in, though, on the Badgers matchup, like I said, there'll be the 3-14 matchup with the Colgate Raiders. If you're not super familiar with the Colgate Raiders, no worries. We'll give you a little bit brief synopsis of everything Colgate right here and also on our second episode later in the week. Honing in on the Raiders, of course, winners of the Patriot League. It was an inter- They're an interesting team uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with them. Of course, Colgate University is a private school in Hamilton, New York. They've been a team very familiar in the NCAA tournament in the last few years. Uh, their first appearance since 1996 was, of course, a couple years ago against the Tennessee Volunteers. Went toe-to-toe with them in the first round, ended up losing 77-70. to And then last year against the Arkansas Razorbacks, if you remember that opening round game, led for a large portion of the game, kind of fell apart late, and Arkansas was able to blow the kind of doors off in the second half, but really a lot tighter game than what uh, I recall. Uh, an 85-68 to victory for Arkansas, but it seemed like Colgate was ahead and, and really in that game for most of the contest. So, when you look at this Colgate team, really a team that's kind of had an up-and-down season overall. Of course, they won the Patriot League tournament and the regular season title, but wasn't all rainbows and sunshine for Colgate this basketball season. In the non-conference, the, the Raiders came out and started their season on just 4-9. and nine. Now, they played some tough competition. They lost teams like St. John's, Pitt, but those are not NCAA tournament teams. Also lost to a team like Vermont, who is a tournament team. Knocked off Syracuse on the road. So some wins, but really the season didn't turn around for them until they got into Patriot League play. The Raiders lost their opening game in the Patriot League, but then rattled off four straight wins and then lost another one to Boston University. But that would be the last loss for the Raiders this season as they come into this contest with the Wisconsin winning 15 straight games in the Patriot League and into the Patriot League tournament. So this team is a team that is really playing their best basketball uh, over the latter portions of the season. As I mentioned, 15 straight wins is nothing to scoff at no matter what league you're in. I know the Patriot League, not necessarily a league that dominates a lot of headlines, a one-bid league for sure, but certainly a team that anytime you're winning and knocking off 15 straight wins, it's a pretty impressive feat. When you look at the Colgate Raiders, a big thing that they do is knock down the three-ball in a really efficient manner. 
Entering the NCAA tournament, Colgate ranks second in three-point percentage made, shooting just over 40% from beyond the arc. So it's a team that certainly, when they get hot, can knock down some threes consistently, and that's kind of been their offense and what's carried them throughout the year. They've got plenty of wings that can knock it down, a couple wings that shoot over 40% from beyond the arc, but the offense really runs through point guard Nelly Cummings. Cummings leads the team in scoring with 14.5 points per game and is also second on the league in assists. He's not necessarily their knockdown shooter. He can shoot the three ball himself, but really a lot of the offense runs through him driving, getting some penetration, and then kicking out to some of their wings that consistently knock down the three ball. One of those wings slash guards to watch is that of Jack Ferguson, who leads the way, um, knocking down 93 pointers on 213 313 attempts, so shooting 42.3%. He's a guy that really can get hot and, and most recently knocked down 7 of 8 on March 3rd against Bucknell. So a guy that shoots a lot of three-pointers and when he knocks them down can really be a tough guard to handle. Colgate's ability to knock down the three is certainly important to note when you look at Wisconsin, kind of a team that struggled to shoot the three ball consistently all season long. So if you come out against Colgate and they're raining in threes left and right, you've really got to step up defensively and if not, you've got to try and keep pace. And I'm not sure Wisconsin can do that if Colgate gets hot. So defending that three-point line is going to be imperative in this contest. I'm also really interested to see the matchup of said Nelly Cummings of Colgate. He's the point guard, kind of runs the entire offense. So will he match up with a guy like Chucky Hepburn? Of course, Cummings, a, a veteran for Colgate, been there for multiple seasons. Chucky Hepburn, just a freshman, but has played phenomenal defense on some of these guards in the Big Ten. Can he come in and try and shut that down? Certainly a matchup to watch for in this first round. Colgate is known for the three-point success, but they've also got some height on their team as well. Two players, over uh, one at 6'10", one at 6'11", so some height in there for the bigs to match up with in Tyler Wall and Stephen Kral as well. And, and really across the board, this matchup is a really fun one to look at. I'm hoping Wisconsin can can score consistently and defend that three because this is not going to be a team that just goes away lightly in their other two uh, first round appearances, they have lost, but they've hung tight with two tough SEC teams. So this Colgate team isn't going to be a team that's just going to come in and lay down in this first round. Overall, it's an experienced group that's played in the NCAA tournament multiple times, and they th start three seniors and two juniors. So this group is not going to come in and be scared of the moment in any way, shape, or form. Where Wisconsin got some younger players that have played on the bright lights and big stages, but this will be their first NCAA tournament appearance for a couple of them. So it's going to be a fun back and forth taking on a, a veteran team that can shoot the ball against a Wisconsin team that does a lot of things well, but certainly coming off of two late season losses, going to be eager to try and turn things around in this contest. So certainly a matchup that I'm looking forward to Friday night at the Fizzer Forum. Uh, but make sure if you guys are checking in to have a cup of coffee early in the day because that game will not tip off until 8.50 Central Time. So a late one for a lot of us staying up and watching the Badgers in that contest. We'll have more of a Midwest preview and Colgate talk later in the week, but we wanted to make sure to just touch on it briefly before getting into some other stuff football related on this episode. Before transitioning over to football, though, guys, I've got to talk to you about homefieldapparel.com. Of course, we've talked to you guys about Homefield for months now, so they've been a nice sponsor for us on the show. But they're doing something really fun and innovative this March. Some would call it madness in their Mystery Mania box sale. So right now, you can go over to homefieldapparel.com and pick out your Mania Mystery box sale that you're looking forward to, a heavily discounted box of T-shirts or sweatshirts or whatever you're looking for. So... Go over to homefieldapparel.com, click on the Mystery Mania box section, and you'll find a couple different options. You can do two t-shirts for $36. That's nearly a 44% discount. You can do three 
for $45, save almost 54%. You can also do that on mystery box hoodies, crewnecks, etc. So there's a couple different combos that you can do to get some really nice gear pretty cheap. And if you've looked at homefieldapparel.com, you haven't bought something before, there's so many different schools, you don't know what to get. This is truly going to be a random experience where you can go out, check out, and who knows what you're going to get in the mail. As we've asked from Homefield, it is truly random. Their warehouse picks it, it's heavily discounted, and they ship it to you. It's a truly random roll of the dice. I will say there are other Big Ten schools like Indiana, like Purdue, like Iowa, gross. So you may possibly risk getting an Iowa t-shirt, but that's the gamble you have to play. And if you can hopefully avoid the Hawkeyes or Minnesota, you get some really nice gear at some truly cool schools. So make sure to go over, check that out, homefieldapparel.com. Roll the dice, maybe get some Wisconsin gear uh, uh, on the cheap. Who knows what you're going to get, but certainly a fun one to watch for and a fun experience, a little bit different uh, than what you're usually seeing uh, at homefieldapparel.com. So make sure to go over there and check them out. First up in football news, we've got a new Wisconsin football offensive assistant and former center, Al Johnson. Of course, UW posted that they were looking for a new offensive assistant, and it appears Wisconsin has found their guy as former center. Al Johnson will now take over, and where he's going to be in terms of position coach, probably still a little unclear right now. Of course, as I mentioned, Johnson was a former center for Wisconsin, played in the NFL for a few seasons at the center position with the Dallas Cowboys, so you would think his familiarity with the offensive line would certainly be something that brings his that knowledge over to Wisconsin, but with Bob Bosa taking that group over, it's kind of unclear where Johnson will be. But this, of course, this move corresponds with that of Gary Brown, who unfortunately, it seems, will not be able to coach this season due to health issues continuing uh, to keep him on the sidelines. So we wish him the best of luck, of course. Hope to see Gary Brown back in action and able to coach at some point. For this upcoming season, though, it sounds like he's going to be unavailable. Wisconsin had a spot and turned to that of Al Johnson. You could see Johnson possibly coach the tight end room, you know, offensive line kind of an extension into that tight end group. Of course, you've got Bobby Ingram, who's worked with tight ends in the past, but maybe he switches down and covers the running back room for this year. I can't imagine it's a long-term solution that they want to have, but when you've got this situation so late in the game with Gary Brown, you're not just going to be able to go out and have a ton of running back assistance to choose from. So this might be a situation where you're trying to find somebody that you feel like you can piece together with the rest of your offensive staff, and Al Johnson certainly fits that mold. Johnson was previously an assistant with UW in 2016 as a grad assistant. He assisted of then offensive coach Joe Rudolph for two seasons before being named the head coach at Division II East Central University in Oklahoma, where he was there for four seasons, and he'll now reportedly return to Wisconsin and help on their offensive football staff. Up next in football news, we've got a couple new scholarship offers that went out. We'll start with 2023 offer to five-star quarterback Dante Moore. Moore is out of Martin Luther King High School in Detroit, and he's received plenty of offers, including schools like LSU, Michigan, Penn State, Notre Dame. I mean, you're looking at a five-star kid here, going to have offers from nearly every top program in the country, standing at six foot two, 195 pounds, highly rated. I mean, one of the top quarterbacks in the country, number 15 player overall, number four quarterback in the country. So certainly a guy that Wisconsin has to certainly take a shot on, but the likelihood of landing a player like him probably slim to none. I mean, you look at Wisconsin, not necessarily a place that competes super well in these kind of battles, and a five-star quarterback would certainly be a, a nice pickup for the Badgers, but I guess I'll say I won't hold my breath when you look at 40 other offers, including a ton of top schools across the country. It seems like the Badgers might be a little late in the game to get into this competition, and it's, it looks, at least right now, 
Notre Dame, LSU, and Michigan are the hard teams to beat in that race for a, a very highly touted five-star player. Maybe a more realistic prospect to keep an eye on is the other latest offer for Wisconsin and four-star quarterback J.J. Cole out of Ankeny, Iowa. Cole is a very highly regarded signal caller uh, out of Iowa, as I mentioned. Also has got some offers from some other big schools, Florida State, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Iowa State, Minnesota, and now Wisconsin is the latest team to get in the mix there. As I mentioned, he stands at 6'6", 225 pounds, and is a four-star rated by Rivals and a three-star by 247. He's the third best player in Iowa, and he's played and visited Wisconsin a couple different times already, but had not received until an offer until now. Overall, Cole looks like more of a pocket quarterback, big arm. Of course, standing at six foot six, he's not going to be the most mobile player. But um, according to his huddle tape, it looks like he can move pretty good for a signal caller at that stature and that size. So certainly an interesting offer. We'll see if Wisconsin can kind of get in the mix for that. They don't throw out quarterback offers to just anyone and with not landing one in the 2023 group. That's certainly a race that could heat up in Wisconsin's favor. Maybe a more realistic competition when you look at his list of offers compared uh, to that of Moore. In terms of new offers, Wisconsin also threw out a new offer to 2023 three-star offensive tackle Elijah Page out of Phoenix, Arizona, Pinnacle High School. He's got plenty of other offers as well, including Arizona, Arizona State, Auburn, BYU, Cal, Miami, Florida, Notre Dame, Oregon, among others. So certainly a player that Wisconsin is in the mix, standing at six foot six, 290 pounds. He's already got the size to be an offensive lineman at the Power 5 level. But we'll see if Wisconsin can kind of close that gap and get in the mix with a lot of West Coast teams. I think he's certainly a player that could fit in Wisconsin's scheme. And being at that size is something Wisconsin thinks they could probably develop and get into more. So that could be a player to keep an eye on as we move forward into this 2023 recruiting class. In our last piece of news, we've got to talk about the most recent pickup for the 2022 class. Yes, that class is still adding some players in preferred walk-ons and Angel Tombs out of Milwaukee. When you look at Tombs, he's out of Rufus King High School, announced able making the trip to Madison. He was previously a player that looked to be at playing at D2 Concordia, but announced earlier or late last week that he was decommitting and will be walking on at Wisconsin. Probably a player that's a little bit more of a project, but can play tight end, play outside linebacker, and is great size for either spot at six foot six, 220 pounds. He's coming into Wisconsin on the offensive side of the ball as a tight end, but could certainly moved around after his visit with Rosh Kalaji. It seems like he's a guy that maybe low risk, high reward, a guy that in-state player that wants to make a, a name for himself at Wisconsin. We've seen as a walk-on that can do a, a lot of wonders, and, and Wisconsin can certainly do a good job of developing these players into more. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast, the solo editions. Thank you for listening in. Later this week, we'll, of course, dive more into March Madness, more into the Midwest bracket, get it into all things Colgate. We've got a guest coming on that's going to talk a little bit about the Colgate Raiders, talk to you about what to look for in this matchup, maybe give you some possible uh, mid-major upset picks because they, their site covers uh, mostly mid-major conferences, so it should be a fun interview with them. That'll be out sometime later this week, so hopefully you'll be able to tune in and look forward to Friday's contest. As always, thank you guys for listening on Wisconsin. Come on.